Chris, good evening. Hey, man. Hey, welcome to a special supplementary edition of Let's Fix Things. The after show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so since I'm going to be on vacation for a little bit in Manila, figured it was worthwhile that we got back together uh, and we did another quick episode. And we're going to talk, Chris, about everybody's favorite product. We've talked about it so many times on this, on this series, and it never gets tired. Tiring. Yeah. I still haven't bought one. I, I told you I wouldn't. I don't, can you buy them here? I don't even know. That's how much I haven't bought one. Don't care. So <laughs> for those longtime listeners, uh, you may remember us talking about Juicero. Tons of times. Yes, over and over and over. I can't remember exactly what we, what we uh, talked about, but I know we had a few episodes. I mean, we talked about supply chain, logistics, uh, the actual product itself, the hand squeezing, all the mm-hmm. uh, comedy value that came along with it. And the reason we're bringing up with it now is it is officially over. <laughs> Sorry. They are they are closing down, and the reason why it's worth bringing this up is a few uh, a few numbers here. So this product, which uh, I think we've ridiculed it at moments, it is beautifully designed. I'll give it that. There are some very interesting um, logistics and supply chain pieces to this, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the reason why I, I think we keep bringing this up is it represents. Some people may call it a bubble. I just technically think it's a bit of navel gazing on the part of of Silicon Valley. But 118 million in venture capital. And at one point, this was a little over a year ago, on, on April 1st, ironically, April Fool's Day, even though this wasn't a April oh. Fool's article. It's like, it's like the raft start date. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, Juicero valued at 270 million with 70 million Series B funding. Shows you what those valuations are, right? Exactly. So when you see companies that's like, you know, Uber has this valuation of billions upon billions upon billions. Still not making a profit? Yep. Are they? Yep. Um, I don't think they make a profit. They're losing less. <laughs> uh, at least Snapchat at this point does have a profit, right? They are profitable. They're just not meeting expectations. Uh, but it, it is worthwhile mentioning because it, I think it's easy to, well, let's separate this into, into two parts. One, yes, it's time to ridicule. <laughs> um, but the second part is that they did a few things that were quite interesting that I think can be brought up and mm-hmm. for people to learn from this and to reflect upon it, not as necessarily a ha-ha moment, but a moment to say, well, you know, what were they trying to do? What went wrong and what could have gone better? Yep. So I think starting out with the obvious, which is where things went wrong, this was, so we have, um, we have one of our new employees hanging out with us, Derek, and he mentioned this uh, before we went on, which was, it's a little over-engineered. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's quite expensive. It has, uh, you know, connectivity in it. Uh, for some reason, we have uh, poked fun at the fact that if Wi-Fi is down, you can no longer make juice for some odd reason. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of components within this press that cost a lot of money. It's, it's the craziness of the app world being made physical, right? Yeah. You, you had to have an app with everything, even though why do you need an app for your juice? Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. Because it became... it. it it came with a physical component, but it was still everything that the app world is, like way too many functionalities, except in this case, you couldn't pull them after the thing was there. You bought it, you paid it, and now it's there. Yep. And um, you know what was found later is you could, could squeeze these by hand, the packets by hand, and almost get the same amount of juice out. So you had this incredibly expensive device, which started out at $700, uh, not mm-hmm. euros, sorry, Later, it was brought down to 400 Still very expensive because usually within business models, 
if you have a service model, you are selling or giving away the hardware. Or sorry, you're selling the hardware for very cheap or giving it away. Yep. And in this case, they sold the hardware quite expensive and then still had the service on top of it, which was you could order juice, and that was their whole actual model, right? Not selling the device. The device was just, you know, fine, get it into people's homes, but the actual way that they were planning to make revenue was a service model, yep. meaning that you know, you had juice every day and you ordered these packets every week. So it was a weekly recurring subscription and each one of these packets cost between six and nine dollars. I, I almost see it as a phone subscription service price wise. You're now currently also looking at a eight hundred to a thousand bucks price tag for your device, your phone, or in this case a juicer, and you have a daily cost or weekly cost or monthly cost. And at least there you have the option to either uh, pay your phone back in multiple installments and hide it in the cost of your usage or pay it in one go. But Juicero never gave any options. No. I mean, what's really interesting about that description is you know, originally when cell phones were out, companies, sorry, companies, telcos were offering subsidies. Yeah. Right. So they would actually cut down the cost of the phone to get people to purchase these phones. And then the telco company basically paid that subsidy and made it back through subscription cost. Mm -hmm. Now what's happening is more of deferred costs. So I yeah. buy an iPhone and I pay, you know, 500 up front and I just have an extra 30 or 50 tacked on to each month's bill, like you said, to hide it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in the beginning, people still had to be sold into what a mobile phone subscription was and why they needed data and how much they needed and people didn't know it. So actually subsidizing this phone and having this upfront cost gone and, and making it feel like you're getting a discount by just starting, that got them to work. But I don't think I need to be sold on the need of juice. No, but the other thing is that your phone is a multi-utility computer. Yeah. Right? You are actually buying a mini computer, and then the telco is selling you the service on which you can connect anywhere. Yeah. In theory, right? Juicero sells you a single-use device that you have to continually order things from. And unlike telcos and phones, which are two different companies. So Apple needs to make money on a phone. A telco needs to make money on a subscription. This is the same company offering both the hardware and the service, right? So if I'm looking at this from a design point of view or, you know, from a user point of view, it feels like they missed the mark on the business model because they fundamentally were looking at how people are using this number one in a bit of a echo chamber. Is that what I want to use here? Mm -hmm. Basically, I like this, so other people will like this yeah. uh, type of situation. And it wasn't, it, cost-wise, it wasn't there, right? The price point was very difficult for anybody who didn't make you know, six figures. If people are making six figures, to order six to nine dollar juice per day is a really, really big expense, Yeah. right, uh, throughout the year. Uh, so that's the first thing. Number two, you know, just how this was marketed, placed in the kitchen, how people were using this every day. Yes, it was very efficient, but you were always seeing that recurring cost. So you were always reminded of the cost. Um, I'm sure they could do direct debit or something like that. So uh, it just seems like there are so many things set up wrong about this. And it frustrates me so much that, you know, it was able to get, um, what is it, $118 million And nobody was like, hey, guys, like, what's going on? But so how was this a startup? Like, startups are mostly disruptive technology that have no counterpart or at least have a... a very different way of thinking about how the business model works. Why were these mm. guys a startup? Not necessarily. A startup is just, you know, a young company taking on venture capital or funding from somebody. And, and th I, I think they were exactly a startup. You don't need to be disruptive. 
No, but it's a particular type of venture capital that is now mostly coming from the Valley for technology that uh, hasn't been done yet. And in this case, was it just to put Wi-Fi in a juicer? I feel like it. I, I, I think so. So to move to, since now we've, we've spent the portion of the show on ragging on it, mm-hmm. I think it's worthwhile of talking about a few things that they did that were very interesting that we hadn't seen and I don't think enough people talk about, which was actually the application. And we did rag on that a bit, right, because everything needs an app. But Chris, uh, to your point, what were they doing that was, that was different or disruptive? is they were trying to connect people with either local or uh, local farms, you know, or local food supplies, or potentially allow them to understand where their food supply came from. Yeah. And in that case, that's quite interesting, because you do see, uh, at least in the EU and in the US, a trend that people want to understand where their food is coming from, because they can begin to trust, you know, their food. Yeah. And... And uh, for, for Americans listening into the show, when we go to the supermarket here on our packages of vegetables, it actually has to mention the country of origin. And there are actually, we ate tomatoes from Egypt and cucumbers from Morocco. I, I don't exactly know where everything comes from by heart, but we have stuff from all over the place. So here's what's really interesting to think about that type of service. Uh, a month ago, maybe it was a little longer, there was a big scare where uh, eggs were yep. completely removed from grocery stores because there was too much, um, was it pesticides or what was the poison control put in? Uh, so was it, was, it was a company that did cleaning for the bigger uh, yeah, uh, egg factories, let's call it that for a moment. Um, and they used indeed a pesticide in their uh, cleaning equipment that was illegal that would then be transferred to the chickens and into the eggs. And there was a very big scare because consuming more than three eggs a week could actually cause um, yeah, poisoning for, uh, for adults. And it was even worse for kids. Yeah. So I, I eat right now roughly uh, four to six a day. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was quite concerning. But I would have loved to be able to scan a package and know where that came from yep. and know if it was uh, of a source that I trusted. So you know it's technically possible, right? Because the thing that they did here was they released the serial numbers that are on the eggs, and these serial numbers are actually EU, maybe worldwide, I don't know. But you could figure out which of these eggs uh, came from where and, and how. And there were actually a bunch of guys that made an OCR app with which you could scan eggs. So there you go. I, I think this is something that Juicero doesn't get credit for, this idea of within their service. They were trying to connect people to food sources. Yeah. And that is something that is quite valuable. And I think people just, you know, let that go as, oh, this is something simple. But it's not very simple, right? There's a lot of tracking. There's a lot of maintenance that needs to go into this, Mm -hmm. which is probably also accounting why the juice was so high. Why, if they didn't do that and it was just normal packages of juice, maybe it would have been half the price. But that part of the application clearly wasn't played up enough and didn't connect to the intended users because I, I never heard people talk about the value they saw from that understanding of supply chain. Yeah, I still think the mistake was to make the juicer of that price and, and sell it as if the juicer was the thing. That's where they went wrong. Yeah, the, the service, the, well, if you want the actual benefit, right, it's supposed to make me healthier. It's supposed yeah. to do something for me. And yeah, the product was front and center stage. And this isn't the iPhone necessarily. This isn't something where the product needs to be front and center stage. This is something where the benefits of the product can be front and center stage. Yeah. Yeah, we have these food delivery services here. I'm not sure what they're called in the U.S., but here we have 
things like HelloFresh or whatever crate? I think there's there, I think there's HelloFresh in the U.S. Um, there's Amazon Fresh as yeah. well, but yeah, food delivery. But none of these are about the special packaging that your vegetables come in. All of them are about where these vegetables come from and what you can do with them. And I think that's where these services are thriving and where Juicero failed. Yep. Okay, so I think that was... Um... We just, again, wanted to do a short episode here, a little supplementary episode to, to keep things moving while we were out. This is the last one about Juicero, I think. I think. But it, it was a good summary of, again, a little bit overpriced, a little bit of product market fit, a little bit on the service versus product business model side, uh, understanding how users uh, you know, may understand benefits of a product. So a little bit of empathy for people outside of the you know, half a million per year salary. Uh, but on the positive side, they did something that we hadn't seen from a lot of other companies, which is try to get consumers to understand the supply chain. And I think for that, they should get more credit because it was really an effort in trying to make people healthier. And I, I think people should recognize that it's it's very easy to make fun of a product like this. I will say, who's from you and I doing, doing a startup, now a company, um, in Raft, it is much harder to do these types of things to get a company yeah. off the ground. So, uh, you know, it, again, it's very easy to poke fun, but I think people should have a bit of respect for the team that did it, even though we, you know, we often um, uh, will challenge it. You know, anybody who gets this far, you got to have respect for them and what they were trying to do and the types of benefits that they were trying to bring to people. I do hope in the future that somebody else uh, seizes on this idea of supply chain and that I can really easily understand better where my food is from uh, and, and just understand how to be myself a little bit healthier. Yeah, I, I applaud the fact that they had two guys across the globe record multiple conversations about their product. Yeah, That's big. Hey, yeah, we spent a lot of time on it. So yeah. if nothing else, it generated uh, you know some word of mouth. So, Chris, good talking to you again. Yeah. And I think this will be the last one until I'm back. I think so. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon, man. Good trip. Bye. Bye.